0: Chapter 14, verse 25, and we will, Lord willing, read through verse 33. Let's pray, and we'll get started. Father God, we come to you this morning. God, I thank you for these words, which we are about to read. I pray that you would hide me behind the cross, that I would preach and teach in a way that brings glory to you. Dear Lord, these words that we read today are quite difficult, but God, we must read your words, even the parts that are difficult. So God, I pray that we would all hear what your word says, that we would count the cost in our lives to see if we are living for you the way in which we should be. I pray that you free us of distractions and worries and thoughts of the world, and I pray that your Holy Spirit would be among us today. Help me to preach, help us all to listen, and all for your glory, and in Jesus' name I ask it, amen. Amen. This passage is, in my opinion, a very difficult passage. At least it's difficult for me. Perhaps it will not be quite so difficult for you. It's difficult for me because it is hard. Sometimes God's word is hard. The first verse or two we look at is hard because we may not quite know what it means. But once we discover what it means, it becomes even harder. And perhaps we may wish we hadn't discovered what it truly means. Passages like these are tough because they cause us to really reflect on our life and have to answer some tough questions and be honest in ways perhaps in which we do not like to be honest. But let's look at God's Word. Luke chapter 14, verse 25. Now great crowds were traveling with him. So he turned and said to them, If any one comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yet even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Now, what are we to make of a passage like that? We actually just talked about hate. It hasn't been too many weeks ago and we talked about how God does not desire us to hate people. We are not to hate people. We are to hate sin. But we are not supposed to hate people. We're not supposed to harbor hate in our heart toward people. Yet, here is Jesus Christ, the Son of God, and of all the things that Jesus could tell us, he says if you don't hate your father, your mother, your wife, your children, your brothers and sisters, your own wife, you cannot be my disciple. Now, I don't know about you and me but I hope that all of us want to be a disciple of Jesus Christ and so what is Jesus telling us here does he really mean that we are to hate those that are closest to us and if that's the case perhaps some in this room are saying that ain't no trouble for me I got plenty of siblings or family members which I hate well I got bad news for you that's not what Jesus really means here now some of your translations may say something along the lines of, whoever does not love me more than these cannot be my disciple. Now, I believe that's what Jesus is saying there. Now, the word hate is, is the right word there. If we're going to use the right literal word there, the word hate is the correct word. And so while I believe what Jesus is saying is that we are to love him more than anything else, I think it's, I think we are doing the text injustice when we take the word hate out because I believe that Jesus probably intentionally used such strong language to get our attention. And so what does Jesus say here? When he says hate, it's not the type of hate that we may think about for people who have done us wrong, but it is that we love <coughs> Jesus more than everything else and that by comparison that it would seem as though we hate all else in comparison to how much we love Jesus Christ. And Jesus says, you must love me in this way or you cannot be my disciple. Now, this is a very difficult thing for us to consider. He goes on here in verse 27, whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Now, we hear that language about bearing our own cross. And perhaps the first thing that comes to our mind, the first thought is, okay, sometimes it's gonna be hard being a Christian. If I step up and I tell somebody about Jesus, they may laugh in my face and it may be difficult. And sometimes doing the right thing is hard and that's what bearing our cross means. And indeed it is what it means sometimes. But sometimes to bear the cross of Jesus Christ will cost us the things that we love the most and this is what makes this passage difficult is sometimes when we do what is right it costs us a relationship with a child or it costs us a relationship with a mother or a father or it costs us a marriage Because sometimes we stand up for what God's word says is right and sometimes doing what is right for the Lord costs us everything. And this is hard for us because we love our children and our grandchildren and our mothers and our fathers. But what do we do when our Children or grandchildren are living an ungodly life and we know it's not what the Word of God says and we worry about their life and we worry about their souls, but dare we say anything about what they are doing and how they are living? Do we dare say that God loves you and God says that this is wrong and this is not the way you are to live? Because should we say what God's Word says, it may alienate us from our child or our grandchild that's but one example but an example that is probably not hard for us to imagine and possibly an example that some in this room have lived and so we say oh it's it's easy to live for jesus and oh i can tell somebody about jesus and share the word of god and and somebody can mock me and laugh at me and and totally write me off and i'm okay with that but but that's not the real cost the real cost is what if doing what is right costs you the relationship with someone who is closest to you? Are you willing to make that decision? If you come from a family that says we do not, we don't have anything to do with, 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 with God and religion and Jesus, we don't believe any of that junk is true, And if you, my child, make that decision to follow Jesus Christ and all that religious mumbo-jumbo, don't ever set foot under my roof again. Oh, what a tough decision that is to make, and yet people are forced to make such decisions every day. Can you imagine? Perhaps you can. Perhaps you have made such a decision Could you imagine saying, Mother, Father, today I've chosen to follow Jesus Christ. I have read the word of God and I know it is true. And your mother and father say, I have disowned you. Leave my house. The cost of following Jesus are high. And sometimes I believe we deceive ourselves. And we say, oh, no, the cost is not that high. I've been following Jesus, and the cost is not that high. Well, if the cost is not that high and has never been that high in your life, then maybe you are not following Jesus as much as you should be. Because when we live by the word of God and take a stand for the word of God, we will face difficult times. And Jesus says here, If you don't love me more than everybody and everything else in this world, you cannot be my disciple. And so what does Jesus tell us? He says, so count the cost. That's what each one of us in this room today, we have to count the cost and say, What is the cost of me doing what God says? What is the cost of me trusting in Jesus Christ? What's the worst case scenario that could happen to me? This is what this may cost me if I put my faith in Jesus and live for him. Am I ready to lose that? Jesus goes on in verse 28. For which of you wanting to build a tower doesn't first sit down and calculate the cost to see if he has enough to complete it? Otherwise, after he has laid the foundation and cannot finish it, all the onlookers will begin to make fun of him, saying, this man started to build and wasn't able to finish. Are those words true for any of us today? Perhaps there are some that have started the walk of discipleship with Christ, but perhaps as they have continued in their walk, they have discovered the cost is too high and have been unable to finish the race in which they have started. <coughs> Again, Jesus says in verse 31, Are what king going to war against another king will not first sit down and decide if he is able with 10,000 to oppose the one who comes against him with 20,000? If not, the other, while still far off, he sends a delegation and asks for terms of peace. So what does Jesus say? He says, look, you must love me more than anybody and anything else to be my disciple. You must be willing to carry your own cross. So here's what you need to do. If you hear the word of God, if you are part of the crowds who are seeking God and listening to God, this is one of the things that you don't like to hear Jesus say, perhaps. Because that was the case for some of the crowds that followed Jesus. They didn't always like to hear what he had to say because what he had to say was often difficult to live by. So Jesus says, do you want to be my disciple? Well, you better count the cost because there's a good chance that if we follow God and we truly live by him that there are times in our life that it will cost us and it will cost us greatly and it may even cost us our life perhaps we think i'm ready to die for jesus well in some ways to die for jesus is much easier than to lose our family for jesus the thought of dying for jesus christ may not scare you the thought of losing a relationship with a child a grandchild a mother a father may be horrifying to you So Jesus says, we must love him more than we love our own life. Okay, we can do that perhaps. But do we love him more than we love our family? That is where serving Jesus is sometimes difficult. And Jesus says, if you're going to follow me, you must count the cost. Verse 33, in the same way, therefore... Everyone who does not say goodbye to all his possessions cannot be my disciple. What about us today? Have we said goodbye to everything? Are we willing to say goodbye to everything? You see, sometimes I believe even as Christians we like to straddle the fence We like to straddle the fence so much so that we do not live in obedience to God. We say, well surely God doesn't really want me to get rid of everything. Surely God would never want my family relationship to be broken so anything that would ever lead to a broken family relationship could not be of God. Surely I can still have a lot of things. Surely I can still let a little bit of sin slide. Surely I can still maintain good relationships with the world and those who live for the world and also live by the word of God and we try to straddle a fence that cannot be straddled. There are times in which we have to make a deliberate choice. Jesus, I will stand by you and live for you, or I will not. And that is a scary choice to make. So let us count the cost. And know that when we choose to follow Jesus, it may cost us greatly. Perhaps we don't like to hear these words. John chapter 6, Jesus is preaching and teaching to the crowds. And in John chapter 6, verse 60, it says, Therefore, when many of his disciples heard this, they said, This teaching is hard. Who can accept it? Perhaps that is the response of some in this room today. Perhaps we hear these words of Jesus as strong and as clear and as serious as they can be and we say, this is hard. This is a hard teaching to follow and indeed it is. It is a very hard teaching to follow. And what is the response that we see a few verses down in John chapter 6, verse 66? From that moment, many of his disciples turned back and no longer accompanied him. What a powerful passage for us to consider. Jesus, the Son of God, who did nothing but preach and teach and live the commands of God the Father, and the crowds came, and many were seeking him, and many liked a lot of the good stuff he had to say, but then on occasion he would say the really, really hard stuff. The stuff that we want to glance over and say, well, Jesus surely really didn't mean that. But then again, what if he did really mean that? The teaching was hard in John chapter 6. And many of those who had came to hear the word of God and came to see Jesus Christ, they departed from him. What about you and I? What do we do when we hear the hard teachings of God? Do we just pretend like we didn't see them? Do we try to block them out? Do we try to twist and squirm and interpret them in a way and find some teacher or some preacher somewhere that has interpreted the text in a way that sounds really good and pleasing to us, that's not quite as hard, and we say, oh, that's the one that got it right, because that's the one that sounds a lot happier. Or do we read the word of God and say God's word says what it says and what it says is hard and I have to choose whether I'm going to follow it or not. And that's you and I every day of our life. That's you and I when we choose to do what God says to do and sometimes it comes with consequences that are far greater than anything we could ever imagine. So Jesus says when you do my work, it's going to be difficult. Jesus says, following him is difficult. God's word is full of times where God tells us plenty of things to do. To love our enemy. God tells us to Look after the widows and the orphans and all of these things that God tells us to do to visit those that are in prison. All of these things that are good things for us to do. But what happens when we're doing the good things that God has called us to do and we're looking after the orphans and we're looking after the widows and we're looking after those in prison and we're looking after the poor and needy and something happens to us. They do something to us. They treat us wrong when we are doing right. What do we do when doing the right thing leads to a bad result? We continue to do the right thing, or at least we should, and we should know before we do any of these things that the cost for serving God is high. We think about all these areas of service and all the good that can come from the things that we do, and praise the Lord, oftentimes good comes from it, but what happens on the time that you go up to the homeless person who seems to be mentally insane and you hand him a sandwich, he pulls out a knife and stabs you. Those things occur. What happens when you feel God calling you to a place to serve that is dangerous, that you could be killed for sharing the word of God, and indeed you go and share the word of God, and many times in our world, even today, missionary men and women are killed for doing what God has called them to do. These are the things that we hear and read about all the time. And perhaps we blind ourselves to what the cost of discipleship is because we say, well, that's over here, that's over there, and I'm over here. Oh, that could never happen to me, but what if the right thing that you did ended in a horrible way? But you did it because God called you to do it. Isn't that what Jesus Christ did for us? Did not God call Jesus to give his life on a cross so that your sins and my sins could be forgiven? And the obedience of Jesus Christ ended with him being mocked and crucified and nailed to a cross. But Jesus said, Father, not my will be done, but your will. Jesus tells us to count the cost, and Jesus himself, had to count the cost. I believe that Jesus fully counted the cost as the Son of God with God sits there and he looks down upon humanity and he says that is a whole bunch of sin. That is a whole bunch of people who do a whole bunch of evil stuff. That's a whole bunch of people who, have, who are going to ask me to forgive them time again and I'm going to be gracious to them and they're going to keep sinning and they're going to keep sinning and they're going to keep sinning and they're going to hate me and some of them are going to nail me to a cross and I'm going to suffer and I'm going to die. That's the cost that Jesus had to consider. And would you believe that Jesus counted that cost and he said, Father, I'll go down there and die for them." Wow, what about you and I? Have we counted the cost of what it looks like to serve Jesus? Do we know what that cost looks like? If we do not know what the cost of following Jesus looks like, then we need to read more about the life of Jesus. It means that oftentimes people will hate you, and ultimately people will desire to destroy you. That is the cost of discipleship. It means that it may at times take you away from your family. It means that it may at times cost you a relationship with someone in your family or someone close to you or some of your possessions. But Jesus says you must love me more than all of these things if you want to be my disciple. So what's our response today when we hear this hard teaching of Jesus. Are we those who will come into this room and hear such a hard teaching and walk out of here and say, this, this is too much. This is too difficult for me to consider. Jesus asked his disciples as the people begin to go away, that is the twelve, the other disciples that were leaving at this point were not the twelve disciples, but the 12 that were with Jesus, the apostles, he asked them, he said, you don't want to go away too, do you? How would we answer that question today? How would we answer that question? How do we answer that question when we read God's word and we hear God's word and it calls us to things that are difficult, more difficult than we even want to think about? What do we do when we read those things and say, that is going to cost me a lot? Another good passage I will leave with you before we close is Matthew chapter 19, verses 16 through 22. There was a rich man who came and asked Jesus what, what he needed to do, what, what law was important. And Jesus told him in Matthew chapter 19, verses 16 through 22. Just then someone came up and asked him, Teacher, what what good must I do to have eternal life? Why do you ask me about what is good? He said to him, There is only one who is good. If you want to enter into eternal life, keep the commandments. Which ones, he asked him. Jesus answered, do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not bear false witness, honor your father and your mother, and love your neighbor as yourself. I have, I I have, Jesus said to him. Excuse me, I have, is what the man responded there. Now, he asked Jesus, okay, what do I need to do if I'm going to be good? Well, Jesus says... Nobody is good, but, but that's a sermon for another day. But, but in, at the core here, he gives him a list of commands, and, and the man says, I have, I've done these things. Now, this is the easy part. Perhaps we can look at some of the commands of the Scripture and say, hey, this is, this is all right. I do these things. I don't lie, cheat, steal. I don't do any of these things, any of these commandments. I don't murder people. So we feel pretty good about ourselves, as this man, no doubt, felt pretty good about himself. Okay, Jesus... What do I need to do? Here's the things I need to do. Check. I do these things. Well, that's the easy part. But then comes the hard part. Jesus said to him, Excuse me. I have kept all these things, the young man told him. What do I still lack? If you want to be perfect, Jesus said to him, go sell your belongings and give to the poor and you will always have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. When the young man heard that command, he went away grieving because he had many possessions. Here's a beautiful example of what counting the cost looked like for this guy, and perhaps sometimes what counting the cost will look like for us. Jesus says, here's what you need to do. And when he told the man what it was going to cost him, it was going to cost him everything. The man went away sad. He counted the cost, and it appears as though the cost of following Jesus was too great for him. That he valued his money more than he valued Jesus. And so Jesus says in Luke 14, if you don't hate Your mother, your father, your children, your husband, your wife, even your own life. If you don't love me more than all these things, if you don't love me more than all your possessions, anything in the world, if you're not willing to to sacrifice everything in service to me, you cannot be my disciple. So what is our response today? Today? Will we hear the hard words of Jesus and go away sad knowing that it's a good word but we're not willing to give all that we have for Jesus? Or will we say today, Jesus, I have counted the cost and I will give all for you because you have given all for me. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you today. God, this is such a hard passage. It's not really hard because we don't know what it means. It's hard because we do know what it means. And God, it is hard to follow your word sometimes, to live for you sometimes. And God, sometimes when we do the right thing, it just seems like it blows up in our face, God. It seems like you try to do good and just one bad thing after another results in it. But that's all right, dear Lord. We count the cost and we say, God, you call us to do this. You call us to do that. You command us to live in this way. So God, let us live in the way that you command, knowing God full well that when we live for you, it may lead to things in our life that are more difficult than we possibly could ever imagine. But God, let us not be those today who hear your hard teachings and go away and depart from you. But God, let us be those who hear those hard teachings and desire to live with them. God, maybe there are some in this room today and they they acknowledge these teachings are hard and they know that they're hard and they know they should live with them. But even still, there's a battle today. Well, God, I pray that you meet us in our battles that you help us to be men and women who are ready to live for you, that you change our heart. Because maybe, just maybe today, God, if we're honest, there are things in our life that we love more than you. We may not dare utter it. We may not even want to think it. But God, deep down in our heart, we may know that that is true, that we love our possessions, that we love our family more than we love you. God, you totally intend for us to love each other. There's no question, God, that our love for one another should be the greatest thing that we have in this world, at least in relationship with humans, God. But with that said, you call us to love you more. So God, I pray that you would help us if we struggle. If we struggle, dear Lord, sometimes with what the consequences may be. God, help us to count the cost and never never shy away from doing your work because the cost is too high. But God, that we would strengthen you And we'd come to you so that we can get strength, dear Lord, from you. To know that Jesus paid the price. So, dear Lord, whatever it costs that we lack, God, we seek it from Jesus. Because he is the source of our strength. And God, what better example than what Jesus did to give his life on the cross so that we could be forgiven. God, maybe there are some here today and maybe they realize that they have never been your disciple. I mean, maybe God did not even come to church their whole life. Maybe they've come a lot, but maybe maybe today, for the first time in their life, they have counted the cost. Maybe today, for the first time ever, they have realized the cost is great, but it is worth it. So God, I pray that if there are some here today that have counted the cost, and they consider that it's worth following you, dear Lord, that today they put their faith in Jesus Christ, that in this time of of invitation that they would come forward. and God, let us know that they have decided to come, become your disciple, dear Lord. God, maybe there are some today that hear your word and see that it's hard and are tempted to, to give up on you, dear Lord. Don't let them give up on you. Don't give up on them, dear Lord. God, I pray that if you've spoken to anybody's heart in any way, that today they would respond to you. I pray that each one of us, and all we do, we would count the cost. And whatever cost it may be, that God, we would serve you and do what you call us to do. In Jesus' name I pray it. Amen.